Hello my favorite people in the whole world. Welcome back to the last race recap of this triple header. As much as I love having my weekends filled with Formula One, doing race recap after race recap is very intense. When you're a student with a part-time job and with a minimum mental health that you try to keep a bit of s s correct, you know? So, <laughs> I'm literally exhausted, not gonna lie. I'm literally exhausted. But, um, I am here to talk about the drumming rolls. Is that how you say it? Drumming, drumming rolls? Yeah, drum, ro drum rolls. Yeah, fuck that. So, <laughs> however, this week we are here to talk about not the Mexican Grand Prix. I almost said that. That was last week. So just to tell you how much I'm behind my own schedule. Where was the Grand Prix this week? I'm literally recording this on the Monday, like the next day of the Grand Prix. And I can't remember where we were. Wait, no. Shut up, Selma. How can you could not... Brazil. We were in Brazil. We were at Interlagos. Oh my God. I'm such the worst influencer ever. If you are following me for very accurate information, please don't. I didn't even remember we were in Brazil at Interlagos for this Grand Prix. Um, I don't know if I'll be recording the whole podcast, podcast in one. Or you won't see a difference because everything will be in the same episode. But maybe... Um, since I am not at home and I, I am not in France, I am not in the Netherlands where I'm studying, I am in Romania to see my best friend um, and currently I'm in her, in her apartment without her. I'm at her place without her because she's still in class and um, I arrived while she was still in class so I took a, a little taxi, went up to the <laughs> from the airport to her place and now I'm at her place without her. Which is a weird feeling, honestly. It is, it is weird when you think about it. But anyway, she's going to arrive at some point. And I wanted to record the first part of the podcast without her being here. Because obviously, well, she's not going to sit there and watch me record a podcast. Let's try then, to focus. Um, did I watch the free practice? No, I did not watch the free practice. Because I was coming back from the Netherlands to France. Um, and I was in the train, so I couldn't watch free practice. Um, I did try, but the Wi-Fi in the train is such a bullshit thing. Like they say, you have free Wi-Fi. Well, I, I understand why it's free. It's because it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> That's why it's free. <laughs> Literally, couldn't get even the Google stuff to go on my browser. Like, it, it wouldn't work. Anyway, what happened during quality? I didn't watch free practice, I just told you. But... And I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't try to search for what happened in free practice. <laughs> but I think I heard that some crazy stuff happened. Maybe I should have searched for what happened in free practice before trying to record the podcast. I didn't even do my intro. God damn it. I didn't even do the intro. So as always, grab your favorite snack, a glass of water, a cup of tea or coffee, or shut off your favorite alcohol if you're a desperate Ferrari fan just like me. And let's get going. Anyway, th this is this is chaos. So um, during free, during the quali, 
That's what happened. Well, yeah, there was a fight between Pierre and Esteban during free practice. That's the only thing I picked up from free practice, even though I didn't watch it, because obviously, since I, since I am the, apparently the French representative in the F1 community, and I'm very happy to be that, um, so many friends told me, like, did you see the, like, especially Lena, she was like, oh my god, girl, did you see the, the beef between Esteban and Pierre? Please tell them, tell them to calm down. And I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? Anyway, so quality. Um, I mean, I love Interlagos. Interlagos is like one of my favorite circuit, and it is one of my dream goals to go there and watch an F1 race. Um, in terms of like, f in the countries that are very far, I want to do Interlagos. I want to do Singapore. And I want to do Austin. These are the ones that I really want to know. I'm still trying to figure out about um, Las Vegas. So we'll see in two weeks time if Las, Ve if Las Vegas will be a catch or not. But uh, yeah, these are the three. There's also Australia that I want to know. But you know, the these three, Interlago, Singapore, Austin. I got to one day in my life go there. I want to go to so many F1 races. Not only these three ones. I want to go to Silverstone to Monaco, I want to go to Monza, but you know, these, for an European, these are very, I want to go to Spa, these are, like, the races that are more accessible, because I'm in Europe, so easy for me to go, easier, not easy, easier to, for me to go, but the moment that you step out of um, Europe for an F1 race, it does get a, a bit more complicated, anyway, Interlagos is one of the races that I really want to see, and I get very excited about Interlagos. Obviously, Louis 2021 will always be <laughs> will always be iconic. And so yeah, um, and because I'm fucking delusional, I did expected um, this this year 2023 Interlagos to be similar to Interlagos 2021. Don't ask me why. I I genuinely thought about it. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> crazy come on Lewis I know you can do it fucking delusional delulu till my last breath how could I how did this thought cross my mind I was like yeah of course I can feel it in my bones it's gonna be a, a Brazil 2021 no absolutely not definitely not Mercedes has been suffering for like way too long during this weekend and also I, I honestly I don't know how I managed to stay cool right now and speaking normally about this race weekend without talking about what happened on Saturday but let's continue with quality I'm really trying uh, the thing is like I want to put a maximum of information right now and things that are very constructed before I fucking lose my mind and lose my shit while I talk about what happened Saturday afternoon. Anyway, <laughs> so um, let's get to Quali. Quali. <laughs> Everyone was getting under investigation, which was very funny to me because I literally said to my friend, like, girl, the one time Lance Stroll is gonna get further than Q1 or Q2, he's being under investigation. If he gets to, to the podium because he was P3 constantly, at some point he even got provisional pole. Um, I'll remember that moment forever. I'll be like, Stroll? Like, is that really... Stroll is on the top... On the... 
is the one leading the leaderboard. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway. Uh, and I was just laughing alone. Like a maniac. Because I'm also very rotten to the core. <laughs> I'm an evil human. I'm French. So obviously I'm an evil human. And I was just like. <laughs> imagine Lenstrol. For the first time. getting Like since 2020. Getting qualification on the podium. On like the provisional podium of the race. Like he's qualifying P3. And then. <laughs> Gets a great penalty. <laughs> oh my god. Because he was under investigation for um, driving too slow again. Daniel Ricciardo got kicked out. He fumbled the bag for Quali. Daniel, you fumbled the bag. I was so happy for him. Like, because his Quali in Mexico were absolutely gorgeous and crazy. And it was insane how how good he was and how the Alpha Tari was performing and Yuki was performing perfectly this week so I was like oh my god are we getting an Alpha Tari like Romantada and they're gonna do like some crazy shit until the end of the season but um Daniel did got fucked um at the end of Q1 and qualified like I think P15 or something and that was only the beginning oh if I only knew if I only knew how this weekend would go. Again, the thing is, like, I think I prefer a weekend like Interlagos, not gonna lie, than Mexico, where it goes from top to down. Like, this has been from worse to worse to worse. I didn't get the hope of anything good happening to my favorite drivers, because even from the first day, I was like, that's gonna be fucking painful. I knew what I was going through, and I knew what a weekend like that would go it would either be the greatest surprise of my life i would cry of tears if something good happens like Charles on the podium Charles win red bull fucked up or alpine boys getting points and getting on the podium that would be that's the only thing i could expect but i knew it wouldn't happen so i was just watching the thing being like i know i'm gonna be in pain i just know it i i i will and I, and, I, and I accepted it already on the Friday evening. I was like, okay, that's going to be fucking painful. Um, then Q2 happens, Q2 happens. Both Alpine out. Oh, God. Again, I hate it when this happens, when it's like two minutes left. Everyone gets out from the pit to do their last lap to qualify for Q3. And I'm like, oh, God, that's not, that's not good. I hate it. And... Pierre and Esteban, it's usually them. Not gonna lie, because the Ferrari boys at least managed to go to Q3. Um, that's the only thing that they do properly at Ferrari, is getting the cars good for quality, um, which is apparently not a thing that Alpine tried to neither fix or neither do good during the whole season. Because during the whole goddamn season, they fucked up the qualification every goddamn race. And it was a rare occurrence where they were like, Pierre or Esteban or both of them get to Q3 and I'm like God please thank you give me this every week and it also like it is a thing with the Apple mode where you can feel that it's the car because it's like <laughs> both of them are getting to Q3 or none of them or and if only one of them goes to Q3 it's because he kicked the other out you know it's not like one fucked up and the car is so bad and the other didn't. It's either both of the cars fucks. It's either both of the cars sucks or none. <laughs> so that's great. At least consistent. 
Um, but yeah, both happens out of Q2, and then as I was telling you, like the last few minutes, everyone gets out, they do the lap, and I'm too used to the pain, but I still got this tiny hope that, because Pierre and Esteban are usually in the elimination zone, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna hurt like a bitch if they don't pass, and I, that's always what's happening. I can tell it when they start their last lap in these kinds of qualification and I see them like they are P14 and I'm like that's not gonna pass it's not gonna pass and I just know it from the beginning and they just like get from 14 to 12 and I'm like <laughs> I would have preferred that the car DNF'd <laughs> because this is so fucking painful to watch because I still got the hope I'm like mm, maybe maybe he can do it Maybe he can manage to actually make it work. Nope, he cannot. I'm like, no, no, well, no, that didn't happen. I want to cry myself to sleep. So yeah, that's basically what what happened during quali. And finally, Q3, aka the word is apparently ending. And apparently Brazil is turning into a night race, which was <laughs> honestly insane. The way the sky was getting darker and darker and darker... I was just insane. And also, like, on the TV, it seemed like... Even on the TV, you could see that night was occurring. Like, it was the d daytime, and then it was not anymore. It was like a... S and it also, that's also what was satisfying to watch it. I don't know, like, the mood was insane. I wished I wasn't at my parents' house when this happened, and I was alone in my little studio. Like, it was, like, around 9 p.m. for me, under my, my, my sheets, and it's raining in the Netherlands, because it's always raining in the goddamn Netherlands. So I'll be like, yeah, it's raining, and, like, because one of my wall is full-on glass, since I'm on the 12th floor, they decided, like, the people who built the building decided to, like, go one wall to be a full-on glass window. So they don't have to put windows somewhere else anyway and i just watched the droplets go and fall near the wind and uh, near the, on my window while i'm watching this quality and the mood is getting settled settle in like it's slowly getting darker and darker during Q q3 which is insane where they only 10 like you feel it's almost felt like in a movie you know when they're trying to build up the crisis situation or like the moment where one of the the main character is gonna die and when the atmosphere is getting a bit there and like you're like oh something's about to happen and that's exactly how it felt even though like obviously nothing bad happened but like the the mood got cinematic absolute cinematic and um yeah what else happened yeah well shall got qualified p2 didn't stay there long um, Lance P3 and Max obviously pull for, for, for Sunday, which was expected, honestly. What I did not expect was the Mercedes not being that good, like being middle of Q3, like 5 and 6. Um, and for once, again, Lewis did out-qualify George, with, which wasn't a common occurrence this year. Um, even Lewis said it himself that it was a, he was bad at quality. Anyway, um, so that, that, that happened. And um, I have to say something that might be a bit controversial. Also, 
Piastri fumbled the bag. McLaren fuck it up. I don't know how this happened. Like, I think, no, I actually knew how this happened. Also, Norris was very frustrated at his, his quality because I think McLaren fucked it up. Again, McLaren, even if I love Lando Norris, especially now that you know my driver pyramid, since I explained it on the TikTok earlier this week, um, it's like, I love Lando, but he is not in like the drivers that will automatically look at what is going on, even in terms of strategy with him. Like, I do do that for Charles, Carlos, um, Pierre and Esteban. Because, um, well, I think it's pretty obvious now why. But um, I don't do that for Lando. I should try to do that also for Lando. Because during the race, I, I mainly only followed Lando during the whole race. Like, on Sunday, I was only watching the gap between Max and Lando getting bigger and bigger. And being like, Lando, you're never going to get your first win if you keep driving like that. But anyway, that's a discussion. I promise it's not a, a Lando slander. Because I'm gonna tell you why I just said that. You got everything is gonna be just clear. Bear with me, guys. I am not a Lando hater from far. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think Lando got fucked up with strategy, and then Piastri didn't even get to Q3 because Car he didn't even set a lap time because he was sent last uh, from the pit lane and the garage which was a fucking bad strategy call because everyone knew the rain was coming. And even I knew it, that if it starts to rain a tiny bit in Brazil, it's going to pour. And it's not going to be the nice tiny rain where you can drive through it and like just put on intermediates and wets on. And it's going to be a panic for like one or two minutes until the, 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 the team goes like, oh my god, get the inters, get the wets. No, no. If it starts to rain in Brazil, it's going to pour and it's a way of like probably if anyone tries to go on track they will die instantly not because of an accident but because they will be drowned them inside the car for how much it rains so that was the thing and literally they decided still to send Oscar one of the last ones to exit the pit lane and like literally 30 seconds after everyone I was like okay so Oscar is definitely not setting a time and I was right. I mean, I said that like I was the only one to get this idea. The commentator did get this idea too. They were like, oh yeah, he's never gonna... He's, he's, he's simply not gonna be able to set a time. And um, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, guys. <laughs> you're totally right. He's not gonna set a time. Anyway. Um, end of quality. Um, I, I gotta say something, because I think it's important, <laughs> I think it's important, I think it's something major that we need to acknowledge, it is how Lanstrol is literally being violated for just breathing on this earth, god damn it, I also made a TikTok about this and literally got my family being threatened by someone, Jesus fucking Christ, go outside and touch some fucking grass, because I made the mistake to to compare Oscar Piastri and Lenstrol. But not in a way that I would compare Lenstrol's reaction to Oscar Piastri. Not at all. I would compare the fans' reaction to Oscar Piastri and to Lenstrol. That's what I was comparing. 
in my TikTok. And I was just saying that it's crazy to me how Lance Stroll didn't get a reaction when he got out of his car. When he got out, qualified P3 for the race, he was like, oh, okay, fine. And later in the evening, we learned that every driver thought that their lap was the worst lap of their life because of the wind. And their drive, the, the car just simply didn't want to turn. And everyone, Max, Charles, Charles even made a speech. And was like, I genuinely thought it was the worst lap of my career. And actually ended up P2 on the front line. That's, so that's why Lance Rowe, once he got out of his car, he was just like... And he also, he, he's not known to be very expressive. Like, come on. Have you seen Lance Stroll being overly expressive and excited in the pit lane? No, I did not. I never saw him, so I didn't expect him to jump everywhere once he got qualified P3. But apparently for people, that was being disrespectful and absolutely disgusting from him. And that's when I say on my TikTok, well, I found it very funny that if it... If it's Oscar that just being very monotone on the radio, I mean, like, okay, great, thank you guys, great job, great moment, amazing, um, and just being uh, not even amazing, being like, okay, great, that's where I fucked up because I was like, well, you know, when it's Oscar Piastri being fucking monotone on the radio and being like, hmm, okay, great moment, or when he wins the sprint, he goes like, well, that was even a real race. Nobody says a thing. Nobody is like, oh, Kimi Raikkonen 2.0. Oh, he's so chill. He's so cool. He's such, like, he's so real for not getting excited over anything and being so chill all the time. But what is Lance Stroll? <laughs> then this guy needs to, is fucking ungrateful because he, he doesn't realize, like, his spot in this race. And I'm like, at some point, I think I get it because people were talking about his performance. And being like, yeah, he doesn't get that much high in the rankings at first. So maybe he should be a bit more grateful for being up there. I get. If that is your opinion, I totally get that. But the people in my comments were like, well, Lenshaw is a piece of shit. Whereas Oscar is just so cool. What? That's the issue I'm talking about. It's like this way of like... Whereas it's Lenshaw or Oscar, you won't have the same reaction to the exact same attitude. Because Oscar wouldn't have jumped everywhere if he ended up P3. And good for him, because it, that's his... Pers- in terms of personality, okay. You're chill and you're not expressive. Great, but then, if it's Lance role, it can't be his personality. Um, it must be because he's a fucking asshole. That's why he's like that. That doesn't work like that either. Like, if you're putting this on the personality-wise, being like, oh... It's just that he is very discreet and very um, shy and not very expressive for Oscar. Then, when Lance is not jumping everywhere when he gets qualified P3, then you should say the same thing for Lance. And he's just very chill and very shy and not very expressive. That's it. Anyway, that was my main issue and I got insulted by people. (laughs) My life got threatened. Anyway, got a 13-year-old tell me to shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. Do you mean... God, 
Again, go outside and touch the fucking grass. It's not that deep. And it's not that important. It's just my opinion. God. Fuck's sake. Um, anyway, so that was, that was it for the Friday. And I'll probably do Saturday and Sunday. Next time we hear each other. Because right now I think my friend is close to coming. So, yeah. See you soon. Now that we've talked about the Friday, let's move on to the Saturday. And I have a lot of things to say. And that's the that one moment when I told you previously that I tried to say the most um, important information before that one moment. So then I keep my calm and I don't lose my shit before this turns very chaotic. That's that what that one moment. Because now, now we're going to talk about <laughs> um, the qualification for the sprints and the sprints well there is nothing much to say about the sprints but for the qualifications you all know what i'm going to talk about the little incident between between esteban and fernando alonso now you know me well everyone knows me well you all know that for me esteban Ocon can do no wrong and it is still true to me today he can do no wrong he hadn't he lost the car okay he lost the car all right all right everyone stay calm let me finish my way of thinking okay i'm the only one getting excited here but still all right maybe 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 he was a bit out of line and he did lose his car because he was going too fast and i think that he would have gone too wide anyway Alright? But now tell me why Fernando Alonso, who was who kept looking at his rear mirrors when he saw Esteban coming as fast as a torpedo, he put a a, a, a steering wheel like he turned his steering wheel left. Why would he do that? You're trying everyone would have tried to turn the steering wheel the other way to try to escape the situation where Esteban um crash into you but no he did not he turned in a way that Esteban would crash into him or, or at least um, have an impact with him now now that this is said it was noted as a racing incident incident but incident and I agree with the decision because both of the of um, Esteban and Fernando are in the wrong but what I don't accept it's people trash-talking Esteban all day, literally all day, because he said in, in, in post-race interviews, yeah, it's not my fault, I did not lose the car, it was Fernando's fault, he was so stupid, yada, 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 yada. You, you guys are, the people saying that are the most fake person on this planet, I swear to God. This is pissing me off so much because all these drivers are literally, none of them are, they are all dishonest when it comes to racing incident. None of them, when they are first getting interviewed, are being honest over what happened. They are all like, it's not my fault, it's his, he turned into me, I did not. They are all doing this. But now, because there is Esteban Ocon, this is again the most outrageous outrageous thing that some people that some of you s saw shut up i don't want to hear it it pisses me off so much i 
I'm so mad. Thank God I'm recording this on the Tuesday because I had time to temper my anger. And I'm with my best friend, as I told you, I'm staying at her place in Romania. So we haven't seen each other since this summer. So like I'm I'm spending such a great time. My anger is being tem- is being lowered and more and it's a logical anger. It's because I can tell you that after I saw the accident, I was just like he's going to get Espanol is going to get harassed by everyone because also because it's Fernando Alonso if someone dares to say something against Mr. Fernando Alonso everyone and their mother are saying oh I love Fernando Alonso so much oh my god how dare he to attack Fernando Alonso first of all most of these people are literally bitching for against Fernando Alonso I haven't seen one of these person being like oh I love Fernando Alonso no 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 All of you that are really against Esteban Ocon and saying that he was so stupid and it's his fault and like he shouldn't drive blah 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 I don't care. You're all pretending to be Fernando Alonso defenders. No, no, none of you are, and you're just trying for, you're just trying to find that one tiny reason to hate on Esteban. That's that one truth. The only people that will accept some criticism and even though it's really tough to listen to them it is the red flag pod- the red flag podcast okay because i've been listening i love their podcast i've been listening for them for years now okay however <laughs> do you know how tough it is to have one of your favorite podcasts over formula one Literally trash talking your favorite driver. The moment, the, the, the instant they get the chance to trash talk Esteban, they do. But this one time, I literally said, I don't care. I'm going to distance myself from this debate because I don't I actually enjoy Matt and Brian. I think they are very funny. I love the podcast. I'm going to take a step back. Also, I think I... I haven't seen people over the internet loving Fernando Alonso as much as these two. Okay, so I was like, it's it's normal. They're gonna hate on Esteban, it's fine. But, <laughs> and I was ready for the podcast episode where they will trash talk Esteban. I was ready. I mean, I, I, at this point, I'm used to it. I'm used to the pain. Because imagine one of your f- listening every week to one of your favorite podcasts where literally they trash talk your favorite driver. I don't know what what this says about me but probably not very healthy things i don't know why i'm doing this myself and i don't have an answer for that still i was expecting the podcast episode and i I was trying to be like it's gonna be fine when i'm listening to the episode i know i know what's gonna happen i know they're gonna just insult us about ocon but it's fine it's okay it's gonna be just fine don't get mad i open tiktok and i see wait Matt, yeah, it was Matt doing a TikTok, and I took it as a personal attack. So now, if one of the boys falls on, found this video or found an extract of that, I want to, I want to convince you that I can make you love Esteban Ocon. I, I took it as a personal attack because nobody loves Esteban Ocon. Not true. And when you said that, oh, he has such a strong fandom, everyone loves Esteban. That's not true. 
No one loves Esteban Ocon. Everyone is out there bitching on him. And I don't get why you would hate someone that received as much hate as Fernando Alonso. It doesn't make sense, okay? Not a lot of people actually love Esteban Ocon, and that's unfair. One thing. Second thing, I am sure I can convince Matt and Brian to love Esteban Ocon. So the Red Flag Podcast. If you found this, in a way, I know that I can make you love Esteban Ocon. Because he deserved to be loved. (laughs) Oh my god. Thank you for coming for my TED talk. I needed to get this off my chest, okay? Also, I want to say that um, for the people that didn't follow the weekend, I mean, I I, I went right through it. That was during Q1 of um, the sprint shout out. An incident between Fernando Alonso and Esteban. That's what happened. And also, the same day, just before the sprints, we learned that Pierre Esteban George got also grid penalty for the race because of, um, I think it was, uh, uh, again, about the speed limitation. They didn't respect it. Literally, Saturday was the beginning of hell. I was just about to... Have a nervous breakdown. Also, I arrived late for the sprints. I missed the sprints, uh, the start of the sprints, because I was seeing a friend anyway. She had issue with the, her train to go back home. So then I stayed with her until she could found found another train to get her back to to South of France. So I arrived, um, I think, ten minutes late for the sprints, and once I arrived, I turned on the TV. I see what? I see Max has already overtaken Lando. Because yes, Lando um, qualified uh, P1, like pole position for Lando for the sprints. And I'm not gonna lie, I had the hope to see him finally getting his first win in Formula 1 in the sprints format, just like Oscar. Like kind of like a, a redemption arc where Lando gets also his first win in sprints this season, just like Oscar in Qatar. Well, no, because literally 10 minutes at the beginning of the sprints, he was already... I mean, Max already overtook him. I don't know what happened. I haven't seen any action, like, why why Max overtook him so fast. But, um, yeah, that was, that's what happened. And um, I did something else I ha- happened during the sprints. Not really. I think the sprints were quite kind of calm, not very chaotic. Well, at least I don't remember seeing chaos in the sprints. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, Sergio Perez did um, end it up on the podium. Honestly, I I prefer to see Fernando Alonso until the end of the season on the podium rather than... I'd rather see Fernando Alonso on the third step of the podium than Sergio Perez. So what I happened really is like, um, what also was, what was a big deal during the sprints was Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes struggling with tire management. Um... I don't know. I think the car in these track condition with the weather, the humidity, the, the temperature of the of the track, it was very tough for the Mercedes to have a good um, tire management. And for the first time, the complaints of Lewis Hamilton's were justified. It was true that they couldn't manage the tires and like it was terrible for them to manage the tires um 
So uh, yeah, <laughs> terrible for for <laughs> for the Mercedes, and that was the biggest issue. Um, also during the sprints, literally <laughs> a pain for them, and I understand. Like, I think it was. I don't know if it was after the race or after the sprint that like some oh yeah it must have been after the race but it worked so well also for after the sprints basically and a journalist asked uh, Lewis Hamilton yeah um only two race left with the <laughs> with the the W14 which is the car they are using right now and he said yes finally after we're done and like the the, the, the interviewer was like you're you you don't want to use like you're tired of this car and he was like yeah you could tell that he couldn't bear this car. <laughs> he was like, I'm done. I'm so done. I'm so, so done with this shit. And I understand. I understand, Lewis. Honestly. I think the results can speak from from, by themselves. However, during the sprint, George Russell did end up finishing P4. Which is great. Um, and for once, no DNF'd. No one DNF'd. No one DNS. Um, it was just like a full, um, a full complete race with no big incident. Um, both Ferrari and the points. We had such a great battle between Carlos, Daniel, and Oscar. Like we had an Aussie battles between during this like th during this weekend. The Aussies were kind of like serving in terms of content, constantly being next to each other and like. Play, not playing with each other, but like fighting with each other to get the pool or to get the spot and stuff like that. So honestly, very, very fun to watch and interesting to watch. I loved it every second of it. I was just like watching it and being like, oh my God, so cool. Um, I, I loved every second of it. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of overtake during the sprints with Daniel, Oscar and Carlos. Oh, such a pleasant moment to see a Ferrari speeding through the track with no problem and no issue and like managing to overtaking cars without problems because i i can tell you it is rare it is very rare to have this so thank god i was able to watch this because honestly it was the last moment that i was happy during the whole weekend the rest was just pain and um and nightmares um we don't talk about the Alpines during the sprints, okay? I mean, Esteban did manage to catch up on the track. So that's a great moment. Hello, guys. Third time's our charm. And we are back to record the last bit of the Brazilian GP. Um, as you can tell, my voice is long gone. I'm gonna probably cough a lot during the episode um because i'm sick as hell um i am back in paris um from my little trip to see my best friend in romania oh. we are here for the last bit i am fucking tired <laughs> sorry literally i'm exhausted i, I i've been going out with my best friend and like in the span of 24 hours, we went to a club, we did karting. Um, so we did karting, we went to a club. 
party. I ha I partied a little bit too much, and then I took my plane back to France, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god, what a journey. And I was already, we were, me and my best friend were already um, sick before going out, before going to the carting. You know, we were having our nose, we were sniffling a bit, and like our, our throat was sore. And uh, yeah, that's where we end up right now. So now the race. Um, honestly, the, the, the thing with Interlagos is that, as I told you at the beginning of the episode, um, I love Interlagos and I think it's a circuit that, uh, that that like allows you to, to 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 have fun and see a lot of overtake, which is always a great thing to see. And for some bits, it did happen this year, but I feel like that in comparison to other years, it was a bit disappointing because it was like a very um, predictable ending. Like at the start of the race, you were like, like at least when the, the race started, I was like, okay, great. Well, I know how it's going to end. Um, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, my voice, Jesus Christ. Um, so, well, I mean, to, cer to a certain ex extent, uh, we knew how it would end, but um, what we didn't know or couldn't predict was Charles Leclerc not even starting the race. Um, so basically what happened to Charles, um, <laughs> the hydraulics of the car um, failed and literally broke down during the formation lap, <laughs> which uh, was not predict, like it's not predictable, honestly, definitely not predictable. Um, and if it was predictable, I would have like prayed every... <laughs> gods in the world in order to make it happen someone else but not Charles so um, yeah and his radio come on guys like how am I so fucking unlucky why am I so fucking unlucky Charles <laughs> Pookie please don't <laughs> no come on <laughs> no you cannot say that we are allowed to say that you're the most unlucky man on the grid and it's all right because us as your fandom and your fan or whatever, we can see it from our eyes from the outside. Like, you're really unlucky, but it, you cannot you cannot be like oh how am I so fucking unlucky? Like the, for my mental health and the mental health of a lot of people, you cannot allow yourself to say that. Like not multiple times like you did on the radio and God he was shouting on the radio. His voice was full of emotion. I was like no. No, 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 not again. No. <laughs> my reaction literally worried my parents. Because when I'm watching Formula 1 at home, at my parents' place, uh, my mother usually sits down on the couch and watch it with me. Because she's like, yeah, it's going to be fun. Or like, she is at least in the living room with me doing something else. But she's like, yeah, it's always fun to see. Because she used to love Formula 1, but like at the previous... At the previous previous seasons, like a previous uh, era, like uh, the, the time of Villeneuve, Alizy, um, Schumacher, um, Prost, Senna, all these legends of the sport was the time where my mother was a big fan of Formula 1. And then she slowly started to, to, to not be interested. Uh, she told me, I think, 
She told me the beginning of Vettel. No, she did watch the the starts of Vettel because she loved her the dynamic between Vettel and Schumacher. But she, when she really let it go, was when like when Lewis Hamilton, um, the rise of Lewis Hamilton in Formula One, like, I think. When he even entered Formula One, she was like already just what just looking at the result and not even watching anymore. Uh, yeah, two thousand seven. She she wasn't even around the sport anymore. She didn't. She wasn't watching anymore. But um, so but she loved to hear about it and see how it evolved and like see the difference. That because for her she didn't like. It's like it's like a time lapse happened. She was like the last time she really watched the sport was during such another period of the sport with other rules and regulation and stuff and now it's like someone wiped her memory or like no not wiped her memory but like just pushed a button and she is now watching nowadays so she didn't see the evolution of the sport you know so she loves to just be around and look at it in the corner of her eyes and be like oh my god what's going on oh what was that and she still have a lot of knowledge about it, so that's always great to discuss with her. Anyway, um, uh, when when the formation lab happened, I'm like already stressed out. I'm like I'm like I'm like oh my god, okay, it's gonna start, it's gonna start. And as always, like two three minutes before, I'm literally making all the people around me aware that the race is gonna start. I'm like it's gonna start. The formation lab is starting. It's gonna start. It's gonna start. I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing exactly, but I think my 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 head snapped for a second. Like, I think I'm. I just I look at my phone to see the time, to see if the I love to see if the time, if the race starts exactly at like for example three o o or at that time it was nine p m. And I love to see if the race actually start at nine zero zero. Okay, everyone has their little thing before a race, and this is my thing. I love to see if the formation lap started at nine p.m. oh oh, and the race will then start at nine zero one, or if the formation lap started a bit earlier, so the race will start exactly at nine oh oh. Let me let me do my stuff, okay? That's my little ritual before the race. I can have my own little ritual, okay? Anyway, I'm watching my phone and I hear Romain Grosjean and Julien Febro, who are the commentate who are the commentators for the race this week, be like, <gasps> but the, even on on the TV we don't see Charles crash. It's like just a <gasps> a, a global gasp. I raise my head. Charles is in the goddamn wall. <laughs> I literally throw my pillow on the ground because I had well, it's the couch, so they have multiple pillows, and I like I throw one pillow on the ground and like I whisper, scream, no, no, like I went full Charles Leclerc during the French GP twenty twenty two. I'm like no. No, no, and like I hit the pillow. <laughs> My mother like literally jump on her in her own skin. Like she, she goes like what? What happened? <laughs> because she wasn't actually watching the screen. She was doing something else on the like the living like on the the, the dinner table, and she was back turned to the TV, 
So she's like, what? What? And she started to be to a bit to yell a bit at me being close. She's like, you scared the hell out of me. What is wrong with you? And then she look at the screen and she see you shall in the wall. And she goes like, no, what did he do again? Because I might be a Charles Leclerc lover, but my mother is a Charles Leclerc hater. Not because she doesn't like Charles Leclerc, but simply because she wants to annoy the shit out of me. So every time Charles do a, like something, like typically when he got Paul, um, when was Paul? Yeah, when he got Paul at the Mexican GP, um, he literally, she was when when I told her Charles got Paul, she was like. Oh, really? Did he cheat? Or did did someone, like, did everyone stop driving for him to just get Paul as if he's a Latifi? And I'm like, no, he just, he's just good at what he's doing. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, so when she see Charles in the wall, I have desperation. She goes like, what the hell did he do again? The race didn't even start. And she she thinks, like, obviously... For her and with Charlotte Claire's luck, probably he drove into the wall. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm still screaming, whisper shouting. I don't know what happened. My father, who was in, in the bedroom watching football, I stand up. I, w- I walk fast to see my father. I open the door. I look at my father and I'm like, Charles is already in the wall. The race didn't even start. And then I close the door and I walk back in the living room. My father doesn't even have the time to react to what I said. I just go like, I just say the statement, close the door, walk back in the living room. And then I lay on the floor. <laughs> I I lay face on the ground, on the floor, on the carpet. And my mother is like, oh, come on. And she's not even... That's the worst thing. She goes like, oh, come on. I told you to be fan of Max Verstappen. She's not even like, she's not even reacting to me. Clearly overreacting to that. She's not even acknowledging the fact that her daughter is laying on the floor. Because of someone driving a red car. No. She goes like, I told you you should be supporting Max Verstappen. It's just... Work smarter, not harder. Choose the one that is winning all the time. So then you stop being in pain all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to do that, first of all. And second of all, leave me alone. I don't want to hear that when I see Charlotte guys in the wall. Also, the thing is, like, that made me feel a bit better. Because he didn't actually drive into the wall. The hydraulics of his car failed. So he didn't have any brake, any control of the car anymore, which is kind of scary, honestly. And thank God they weren't going already at 300 kilometers per hour because that wouldn't have had... He wouldn't have had the same ending. Anyway, Charles Leclerc gets out of the car. Everyone gets ready to start the race. So yeah, basically, um, no red flag after Charles Leclerc's incident because on turn seven, you, they pulled out the car. Charles is getting lost. He doesn't know how to get back to the track. You can see him walking. He's just lost. He's he's just lost everywhere. He's like, yeah, he don't know where he's going. And people were booing him. People were booing him. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
how could you boo someone that was in a car crash? And also, it's not like he'd taken out someone. And even if he did take out someone with him, why would you boo him? He didn't want to crash either. Um, Jesus Christ. Anyway, while I am still crying about Charles Leclerc, the race continued, obviously. And, um... Albon and Magnussen crash into each other. A tire is sent flying into the air. <laughs> which Yuki managed to dodge. Which was a great move. Honestly, Yuki dodging that tire. I was like, oh, that's scary as fuck. <laughs> that was scary. Even me watching it. You know, like these kinds of video you see. Like this false, like this screamer video. Where you're watching something. And like, out of nowhere, a baseball ball. Uh, is is being sent through like right at the camera and you feel like you're gonna be hit by the baseball ball or something like that. I know people know what I'm talking about. That's how it felt when I saw the tire. Like, I don't know why. I, I, I wanted to dodge it too. Like, I was like, oh god, the tire is flying. <laughs> so, Yuki is lucky. He managed to dodge the tire. Great move, Yuki. Great move. Great move, Yukes. Proud of you. But it is not the case of everyone, because if Saturday was Alpine pain for me, Sunday must be every other people that I support, obviously. So Charles is out, and Daniel gets hit by the tire. I think it was his rear... Was it his rear wing that was hidden by the tire? I'm not sure what got hit by whom. But literally, first of all, Daniel had to really dodge. It's not like Yuki where he dodged by turning the car. No, no. Daniel had to really dodge the tire in a way like he had to move his head out of the way. Otherwise, it was tire at 300 kilometers in his face. So thank God it's only the rear view, the rear, the rear wing that got hidden by the, by the tire. And... What else happened? Um, oh yeah, Oscar got hit in by someone. I, I I still can't tell you guys what happened to Oscar. Like at the start, I don't know who hit him. I think he was literally collateral damage from the crash. Like maybe someone drove into him. Like I think it was Alvin or Magnuson car that hit in, that hit his car during the crash because he was in the surroundings of these boys so tough moment for Oscar but you know what's even worse is that so Daniel and Oscar gets in the pit because their car are not okay and they are working so damn hard to make sure that the car will be ready the fastest as possible because obviously it was announced virtual like safety car the thing is, like, they go into the pit because safety car is announced, so they go fast. But while the safety car is, t- is being taken out, they go like, psych, red flag, everyone gets back in the pit. But that means that for the people that passed, like, for everyone that was still on the track, while the safety car was getting out of the pit and getting ready, she didn't, the safety car didn't even do a full lap before the red flag was called. Um, well... The the lap counts were, st- like, the lap still continued to go on. So, basically, Daniel and Oscar were at lap one while everyone was at lap two. 
So they were over already being lapped by everyone just because they went to the pit like three seconds before the whole grid. So Daniel was not happy about that at all. I think he did some post-race interviews where he was literally devastated and so pissed. And I can understand because that's so unfair. They didn't even completed a real lap without them. And also their car was just being destroyed. So if you pull out a safety car, well, of course you expected the car that has been damaged by like literally makes sense. And um and also if they had another safety car during the race, this lap would have been deleted because since Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one because yes, we need to bring back some old trauma for some people. The cars can unlap themselves when there is a safety car. So Daniel and Oscar would have been able to unlap themselves um, by just, you know, passing in front of the safety car before the restart. I think it's 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 difficult when I'm explaining it because I think it's very unclear for like, I know what I mean, but I'm not sure you guys know what I mean. But, you know what? I don't know how to explain it better. Um, so that's what happened. However, if you watch the race, you know that no no other red flag, no, not even a yellow flag. Nothing happened. No safety car being deployed. Nothing. So, literally, Daniel and Oscar, our two favorite Aussie, were having their own little race on their own. Which was honestly depressing, but also very funny. Honestly, at this point, it was my it was my comedic relief to watch the intense battle between Alonso and Perez and be like, "Oh my God, go Alonso! Do not let Perez pass you!" And then go back watch Daniel and and Oscar and being like, "Go, Aussie, go, Aussie, go, 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 go!" And be like, they have their own little race. That's so cute. Also, my mother was watching with me, as I told you, and you know how Lando Norris was being second and was at the beginning a bit threatening, Max. I think I've been a bit mean with Lando because I listened to other podcasts and people were being like, oh, that's crazy for Lando, like, congrats, Lando, for, like, what you did and how you were able to fight a little bit with Max. But I'm like... I don't know why I felt a bit, like, mean. And I was just like, well, it was not that... Like, he didn't really fight Max. Like, the, the the thing is, like, the opportunity was there. And I feel like he didn't take it when he was able to, you know, be will by will with Max. Even if, in the end, it was the right decision. Well, no, it wasn't for me. Okay, my vision of the thing is, like, it's probably a hot take. It's like... Lando should still have gone for it and not back out from when he was able to be will-to-will with Max, even if it meant that Max would overtake him like two seconds later, which probably would have happened if he did overtook, like if he did push it until the last bit, you know, and force Max to back out. Because I feel like Max in any way will not back out <clears throat> sorry, Max is kind of like, I'll pass, there's like some kinds of drivers where, you know, like, they'll be like, I will not, 
you don't like it's like Russell. George is a bit like um unpredictable in this kind of moment. Like sometimes he go like I will not back off. Like I won't move. So it's either you move or I or we crash. And Max used to be like that, but now that he have no competition and he's on his own, he is not really like that anymore. He's like I'll fight, sure. But the thing is like it was Lando's, you know, it was really, I felt like it was really, really his chance to actually take the lead for at least 30 seconds. And his tire were already done. That's also the thing, like, people then were like, yeah, well, but he needed to save his tire. His tires were already gone because he tried to keep up with Max pace. So I feel like at this point, just go for it until the last bit. Like, just go. And you'll see, because I am so curious out to see how the rest of the race would have unfolded if he didn't back off from that move. But we'll never know. We'll never know, and probably better be safe than sorry. But I was very sad, and it's. I was like, I was a bit pissed at Lando. <laughs> And during the whole race, my mother was, like, desperate. Because also my mother was with me on this. She was like, yeah, well, he should have gone for it. Why did he not continue to go for it? And I was like, yeah, he probably because he would have been overtaken by Max. She was like, yeah, well, Max is still in first now. So, you know, tomato, tomato. If in the end Max wins, then go for it anyway. And I was like, yeah, she's kind of right on that. Tomato. And that's why, like, I'm like, go, Lando. It's, like, it's already too late for the tires. And it's already, like, if Max, Max will overtake you. So, but imagine if he had, like, got unlucky with a pit stop or, you know, like, you never know what could happen during the race. Anyway. And (laughs) my mother just kept, like, because... I was like, at this point, okay, Lando, be second, but be a good second and don't let Max win with 20 seconds gap, okay? Because McLaren is the second strength of this pad- of this paddock. You have the car that can... Like, th- that's also the thing. The McLaren has the speed and has the aerodynamics and has the pace. The car is marvelous and Lando knows the cars by heart. Like... He know how to drive this car. He this, The car was made for Lando. So, like, you know, I expected a tiny bit better, I guess. Um, but also, I love Lando. So, you know, it's not like because I despise Lando. So I'm like, ugh, he's so bad at hitting at what he does. No, it's because actually I love Lando. And I think he's one of the greatest drivers of this generation. And he will... He will be world champion and he will, like, have records under his name. He will be in, the, like, he's these kinds of drivers that have raw talents. And and I'm like, then use it. St- stop being safe because for me that's not how you win. When Max was was ruth- ruthless on the, ri- on, the, the, on the grid, he was winning. And, like, that's what you get when you don't leave the space kind of moment happens because he was being he was like being assertive of what he wants and what he will get so I'm like you know Lando I I wish Lando had a bit of this side I guess 
when he's driving. Like, I want him to go and be like, okay, move out of my way, bitch. <laughs> anyway, that's my, only my opinion. But, um, but, but that's, that's the thing. And, um, and yeah, um, my mother was keeping me, um, was keeping me updated with the, the, the gap between Max and Lando. And I was like, mom, I don't want to know. I swear I don't want to know. She was like, oh, now he's at seven seconds. And then she was like patting my arm at the middle of the rest and be like, hey, your friend. He's like at eight seconds now. And I'm like, mom, I don't want to know that. This is not helping. <laughs> uh, because also I was so focused on Alonso and Perez. Because I was rooting for, for Fernando. I was like, I don't want a double Red Bull podium. And I don't want Perez on the podium. So I was like, please, Fernando, go for it. And, and oh, again... Sometimes my mom is just, she just wants to go counter, like, she just wants to go counter opinion with me, just to piss me off, or like, to tease me a little bit, which I love, honestly. It makes it even funnier to watch the race, because I'm like, ha, I told you I was right, or she's like, ha, I told you that would happen, you know? It's always very funny. Um, so, we're watching, and she's like, he's gonna overtake Alonso, and I'm like, no, shut up. Don't say that. I, no, he's not. Fernando's gonna keep it together. And she's like, but he's a red, in a Red Bull. Isn't Red Bull the best car on the grid? And I'm like, yeah, stop saying that. Maybe Red Bull is the best car on the grid, but Max driving the Red Bull is the best thing ever. Perez driving the Red Bull, nah. Or, nah, not really that good, okay? And she's like, yeah, but you know, he, he will get him. And I'm like, no, stop it. And... Like, I think it was lap 69 or 70. Perez overtake Alonso. And I'm like, yeah, so yeah, goodbye, everyone. Go to, sleep. Go to sleep now. Like, I'm like, I'm going to sleep. It's over. And my mother's like, I told you he would overtake Alonso. And I'm like, N could you not? Could you just not? But Mr. Alonso, who never backs out from a situation... This literal icon managed to overtake Perez again on um, on uh, on the last lap, which is crazy. Like honestly, it was like it was it was a long time ago that we didn't have like this kind of tense of like last lap battle, which is one of my favorite thing in the whole world, and I think it's a favorite thing of in the whole world to a lot of fans. But I was just like, oh my god, Alonso, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. It was so stressful. But I was so glad that he managed to to get in there and to, 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 to like, you know, get his elbows out and, and fight until the last minute. And the photo finish, the picture photo finish where we didn't know if it was Alonso or Perez and, like, it was very, like, they finished the race. And then, like, I think it was not even half of a second of silence. But it was, like, on the French TV, like, there was, like, a... And it's Alonso! <laughs> and I was just screaming in this living room. I was so happy. Because I would not 
be able to like I would I would not it would be too much pain to have also Paris on the podium like come on Charles already crashed today that's it that's it anyway what else happened recently um let me think after the race oh Lando's post on Instagram for the um for after the race who he was like like two world champion and I and uh, and Fernando Alonso commented uh oh wait what was his formulation oh no three world champion you won the like the world champion the cutting world championship with the Alonso fonts I think he was being fond by Alonso I don't really understand like how does the cutting work but you know You get what I mean. And I found it so hilarious and so on point and I loved every second of it. I was like, oh my god, get in there. <laughs> like, I felt it's it's not out of character for Alonso, but it's like, you know, great, cute, funny, perfect, right on point, Alonso. Anyway, I think it's probably it for this... Brazil Grand Prix. Um, would I say that I'm disappointed by the the Grand Prix weekend in general? Maybe. So also all the edits on Midnight Rain X Daylight of Taylor Swift. So from like um, from Charles Leclerc's lap at the Austin twenty twenty two to Max Verstappen. Like the sunset, like you you all know the lap I'm talking about. The sunset lap of Charles Leclerc, the Austin 2022 Grand Prix. Switch to Max Verstappen driving in the darkness. Oh my God, at Interlagos this year. I am eating up all these edits. I'm like, oh God. Oh my God, please. Please, please, please. Like I need to, all these edits, Eating them up like he was sunshine, I was midnight, and I could still see it all. Oh my god, beautiful! That's cinematography. God, in love with these. Please keep them calming. I love them so much. Anyway, that was crazy, and uh, I think that's it. Next Grand Prix is Las Vegas. And uh, I'm excited. I'm thrilled by Las Vegas. Because I think even if there was a lot of critic about the Grand Prix, I think it's iconic. Um, lots of drivers dreamed of having a Grand Prix at Las Vegas. Especially Mr. Daniel Ricciardo and he's going to drive at this Grand Prix. And am I going to be the Lulu and say that Daniel Ricciardo will be on the podium? Yes, I am that level of the Lulu. But you know what? It's fine, I assume. And... I said what I said. Um, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Lots of love, everyone. Take care and see you on the next one. A bientôt!